Welcome back, everyone, to the Pleggies Pages podcast, a podcast where life-changing books are discussed and reading advice is given. I am your host, Derek Pleggy. For our episode today, we are going to be looking at the book Counterfeit Kingdom by Holly Pivik and Douglas Guybitz. Holly Pivik is a blogger, author, pastor's wife, and homeschooling mom. She has a master's degree in apologetics from Biola University, where she served as university editor for nearly a decade. Douglas Guyvitz is a husband, father of two, professor, author, and speaker. He has a PhD in philosophy from USC and teaches at Biola University and Talbot School of Theology. Both have co-authored two other books together centered around the topic of the New Apostolic Reformation, which we will unpack very soon. Before we go there, though, I do want to apologize for the long absence. Many of you probably thought Pleggy's Pages was dead, but we are back at least sort of. I had high ambitions for the podcast when I started, hoping to produce one episode every two weeks. At that time, it seemed doable, but then life got even busier. Specifically, we welcomed our second son into the world, Brooks, and I also was finishing up my master's degree online. Life still is busy, but I am hoping to be able to bring forth episodes throughout the next months. I don't have a definite plan, but hopefully you have notifications turned on or follow me on social media to see when an episode drops. With all that being said, let's check out more of this book, Counterfeit Kingdom. As I already mentioned, this book focuses on a movement within Christianity known as the New Apostolic Reformation, or the acronym NAR. I would dare say that most people have never even heard of this term before, but make no mistake, this is not some tiny fringe movement. It is growing in influence, number, and attracting much of the younger generations. The best example and the central hub for NAR is Bethel Church, a church that most Christians are very familiar with, or at least I should say with their music. Bethel has been making music for a long time, But in recent years, their music has grown widely popular. They are always played on Christian radio stations. They have over 4 million monthly Spotify listeners. And one of their top songs, No Longer Slaves, has 93 million plays. Now, I'll admit, musically speaking, their music is very catchy and well done instrumentally. Before I discovered what they actually believed when it comes to matters of the faith, I would listen to them all the time. I honestly am not surprised that they have millions of monthly listeners and really lead the way within the Christian music industry. But I've decided to no longer play their music after discovering what they believe. I think as the authors point out, in which I will further discuss, the NAR movement is dangerous and leads people down a false path. Now before you stop listening to this episode, call me legalistic, claim that I'm a Pharisee or a fundamentalist Christian who's just trying to stir up division, hear me out. I do not have a personal vendetta against Bethel or those who listen to Bethel. If you listen to them, please know I am not questioning your salvation or hate you. My goal in doing this episode is to give you a snapshot of what Bethel and other NAR churches actually believe and let you decide how to proceed. I think most have no clue really what they believe, but hopefully after this episode and reading the book, you will have a better perspective. So what do NAR churches believe? Well, here are some quick points presented by Pivik and Guyvitz. First, they believe in the continuation of prophets and apostles in which they received new revelation from God. 
right? So they claim that God is directly speaking to these apostles and prophets. So some might say on a Sunday morning, I have received a new word from the Lord. Or they might walk up to a random person and say, I know what God has in store for you. Or they might try to predict that such an event will take place by next year. Instead of going to the scriptures as the primary means for what God has revealed to us, they turn to these self-proclaimed apostles or prophets. Now, why is this a bad thing? Well, I believe that God is primarily speaking to us through his word, not through prophets or apostles today. I believe those offices have ceased and do not exist today. But this idea of, quote-unquote, new revelation is being pushed rather than going to the word of God. So instead of turning to the scriptures, people are turning to these prophets and apostles as they are bringing forth new and exciting truths. Let's though just take the example of self-proclaimed prophets today. Okay, back during the election and days of COVID, there were so many self-proclaimed prophets who were who were prophesying specifically that Donald Trump would be reelected and for some that COVID would cease within a short period of time. Now, neither of these things which many proclaimed actually transpired. And now in the Old Testament, it's clear. If someone claimed to be a prophet and what they said did not happen, they were a false prophet and did not speak on behalf of God. Apparently, though, the standards for prophets today do not follow the same principle. They say up front that they actually might prophesy things that are wrong. Well, from a scriptural standpoint, if you proclaim to be a prophet yet get it wrong, then you are not from God. The idea of new revelation being brought forth is a dangerous path to walk down as it opens the door to all sorts of teachings. Now let's get to the second point. There is a bringing in of new age and occult-like practices along with other bizarre acts. All right, what are some of these practices? Well, these range from claiming to see and communicate with dead people, levitation and teleportation, telepathy, which is mind reading, spirit reading, which they refer to as prophetic words, and for some, destiny cards, which is a version of tarot cards that reveal the future. They also will practice grave soaking in which they will go to a grave of a deceased individual and try to soak in their spirit to receive some type of power or anointing. This blending together of new age practices is not right. It is not biblical. Pivik and Guyvet say it so well. I quote, These practices are not harmless. They threaten grave spiritual danger. Young Christians or recent converts are especially at risk, as they have not yet had time to grow in discernment. Former New Age participants who are now Christians report with concern that many New Agers who have come to Christ are getting drawn back into occult practices through the teachings of Bethel and Bethel-influenced churches. End quote. These are dangerous practices being brought forth by NAR churches, and the church should not be okay with such practices being promoted. All right, so there's new revelation, there's strange and dangerous practices being brought forth into the church, but also an unbiblical approach to healing. NAR teaching is rooted in believing that it is always God's will to heal. They believe that just like in Jesus' ministry, in which he often healed those he came in contact with, it is God's will for healing, and that it can be done primarily through them. 
right? So there are some within this movement that without a doubt claim that they can bring forth healing, right? They can apparently heal the sick, heal cancer, and yes, even apparently raise the dead. Now, this kind of a sad story here. If you recall a couple of years ago, there was a big push to, quote, wake up Olive. This was a, a young girl who tragically passed away. And after many calls to prayer and pleading and pronouncing that Olive is going to wake up after a certain number of days, nothing happened. And again, it's honestly a sobering story as they were so confident that she would be raised from the dead, but yet she was not. Now, there are other examples of this healing ministry they they have, such as healing rooms that have been opened in various cities and small towns or dead-raising teams that claim to have raised people from the dead, or a healing practice known as Sozo, if that's the correct pronunciation, uh, that's advertised as a tool for inner healing and demonic deliverance. Uh, again, you might be sitting there just thinking, okay, Derek, who, who really cares, right? If they think they can heal, that's totally fine, that's a good thing. But this really is a big deal, as this is a theology that can have grave emotional and spiritual consequences. For example, how is someone supposed to reconcile God's will, which is apparently always to heal, while never getting better? Now, someone who has cancer may not be healed by God. They might have tried these healing rooms or desperately prayed and believed God would heal, but he didn't. Right? So was it God's will? Well, it would appear not. So how did healing not take place then? Well, usually it is cast on the individual for not having enough faith. You see, there's always a way out for those claiming that it is always God's will to heal. Now, do I believe miracles can take place today? Yes. Do I think it is wrong to ask for a miracle to take place? No. But when asking, I believe a correct theological position and proposition of God, may your will be done that should be at the forefront of such a request. It might be God's will to bring forth healing, but it is not a guarantee. So those are just three descriptions of NAR, and really we're only scratching the surface. We could talk more about other strange practices, the dilution of the gospel of Jesus Christ, or a new translation that they promote known as the Passion Translation that alters texts and scripture to fit their agenda. Right? And, and really, again, the list just goes on and on. So like I said earlier, after reading more about this subject of NAR, I would agree with many other godly men and women, along with the authors, that we should steer clear from Bethel and other NAR churches. What is being taught and promoted are no small matters that we can be indifferent to. I know these are serious theological errors that cannot go by the wayside. I know this topic might be stepping on some toes, as some listening might love Bethel's music. Again, I was there at one point. But now you know what they stand for. And not only that, you should know that they are purposely trying to appeal to others, especially young people, through their music to hopefully get them in the door to their theological framework. Pivik and Guyvet say it well, and I quote, Bethel music is a gateway drug to the new apostolic reformation. People experience the Bethel High and must have more. There's so much more that could be said, but please make sure you find and grab a copy of Counterfeit Kingdom very soon. 
you will not regret diving into this book. Thank you, though, for tuning into this episode. And remember, finding and reading great books could change your life for the better.